You're listening to DraftKings Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I lost a lot of money, guys. How much money did you lose? Enough where I would call Hildy and ask her to search the entire office for it. Just fell out of your pocket? I had a hole in my pocket. You had an actual hole in your pocket? Yeah, but I have everything else. Like it's your weird. phone, your credit cards. All of it. You just had one stack of cash that fell through a hole in your pocket. Was that was it rolled up? I had a uh, very sad night at the Seminole Coconut Creek. I think we discussed this. We I did played blackjack yeah. by myself. Sounds sad. I mean, did you win money? Because it's sad I, no matter what. I, I won right? a lot of money. It was sad, even while winning a lot of money. And then I um I deposited some of it in the bank, gave a couple to uh each of my daughters, a little to my wife, oh. and then I had the rest on me yesterday. And I can't find it. Did you get mashed yesterday? I did. Do you think it fell out of your pocket while you were getting mashed? I don't think so. Because I think she would have returned your pocket. I think she would have returned it to me. And I remember giving her a tip later on that day. So the last place you saw it was post mash pre tip. Post mash giving her a tip. Right. Yes. You took it out of your pocket, gave her a tip, and then you have you didn't see it after that. No. Hmm. Where's Detective Tony? Is Are we he- supposed to be exactly. tipping Genesis? I thought Dan handles all that. I, I, w- I did it. No, we're not supposed to be doing that. I wanted to tip Genesis, though. If you want to have a clear conscience, you might want to. You've so- tipped her, Witty, on your own? No, I feel I've like not. When Dan, I, it's and, a treat from Dan. So I, I know, but it wasn't until Stugat it. just mentioned the tip that I was like, you know what? Well, I no, should no. Tip. I'm sure Dan is taking care no, of it. I understand, but it's still, she's Does. doing it for each of us individually. But Dan told me not to tip her. Like, he's got it covered. And I said, I wanted to tip her anyway. And so I tipped her. Now, I, Genesis, would, I've known Genesis for a while now. If the money fell out of my pocket while being mashed, she would have returned well, the money of course. to course, Yeah, right. I don't think anyone thinks that she took it. But it leaves it in a very small part of the studio where it could have been. 
Well, this is generally a small right? space. But I'm also not certain. Like, I'm not certain it's it's here. It could be anywhere. You have a hole in your pocket. It could be me. So you could have dropped it in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's in the garage, it's there's gone. no getting I wouldn't even it back. Pick it up. And, right. <laughs> what is the amount of money you would have had to have the lost? Garage. The garage that, can have that. That about, I guess. <laughs> that's a bummer, Stu. There's a, there's a puddle of urine that's been in the garage for four days. So long. Oh, God. For so yeah. long. Stairwell, right? Yeah. Yeah. It never evaporates either. Yeah. yeah. It's just always right. there. It's like, d- does, <laughs> like science doesn't exist in the stairwell. It, there's it's, blunt guts. <laughs> there's vomit, there's pee, there's everything there, and nothing goes away. I figured it would have like, at least right. dried up by now. No. Yeah. Well, it's moist down here. Like, it's a humid town, right? I mean, it's been cold the last but few yeah. days. But like, it's not very dry. It's not been humid. Yeah, but it's like at the same level. It's like, it's a big puddle yeah. of pee. Wait, was moist the wordle word yesterday? It was the wordle Damn word. Damn it, I forgot to do yeah. it yesterday. I would have gotten it. That's always my first guess. Is it really? Yes. Moist is always, moist your, is always I, your first guess? I saw a lot of people getting it right on the first guess Damn. yesterday. Wait, why is it a your first guess? People. No, I feel, like five, that's a, I feel like that's a joke. It has five different letters. It has so you two know what word different is? vowels, and it has three consonants. So it's a good mix of things. So if you it can is. if you can exclude the S, T, I, and O, and M on the first guess... Like, you've got a lot of different combinations left, so now, it excludes a lot. Or if you get an S or a T, then you, you're on the right track. I, I, so the one day your first guess was the actual answer I'm you didn't so play? I'm so mad. <laughs> I do. I, it is an interesting point by of like, figuring out what's the best word to guess. Oh, no. It's been scientifically figured out. I saw a TikTok about this and like I, I don't I don't want to share my secret. Wait. Uh, and yeah. I also don't want to share what? that I have an opener because now there's a lot of judgment for people that have the that use the same word every day. I'm gonna do Wordle right now. Oh, Did you, you do it opener? yet today? I have. Yeah I got it in four. But you know what? I so I've I've made some mistakes recently. I've decided to do these last thing before I go to bed. And I'm thinking I have enough energy right now and then I'm staring at the third guess and I forget every word. That I've ever known in my entire life. I can't remember any of them. And so I got in four. I should have gotten in in three. But so the word that somebody ran an algorithm and determined that if you guess this word first, the next word is the least number of possible words that it can be. Just give us the word. No one Jesus gives a shit Christ how good you are at this. With so, you go, so I think there's over a thousand words with five letters in it. And if you use this word... It takes it down to a, a, an average of roughly 61. Is the word moist? No, it's not. Is it hoops? It's not. I can't believe Rings. how like, you're holding on to this tight. Like, if this is And I'll thing. tell you what the word is after we listen to Darth Amin's Rule of Two on oh! the Book of Boba Fett. Oh! Oh, the word's oh, asshole. Welcome to Mystery way, uh, Crate. Yeah. Welcome to Mystery Crate. Yay! If that doesn't keep people around, I don't know what will. Yeah. <laughs> That's too many letters, Stu Guts. Another fun-filled episode of Do You Really Want to Taste It? That's right. This is the go-to pod for Peacemaker. I'm joined, as always, by my associate, 
my fellow butterfly, Anthony Mays. Mays, what's going on? Just a couple of 11th Street kids cutting it up, I mean. Oh, boy. Man, let me tell you something. I'm not a DC guy, but this is a DC pod, and that's this is what we've been doing this whole time. For weeks now. For weeks, for weeks. This is where we've been at, right here, Peacemaker. You guys come here for all the newest and hottest Easter eggs from Peacemaker. I like... Teen Titans Go. You ever watch Teen Titans Go, Maze? I have not witnessed Teen Titans Go, no. I used to watch it religiously. It's been a couple of years since I've seen a new one. But one of the things I always found fascinating is they fight all these villains, and these villains are so corny and ridiculous. And I always used to think, oh, because it's a cartoon. They're, they're tongue-in-cheek, and they're being funny. They made up these villains. And then I find out, no. No, these are all actual real DC comic villains. So we found out in this episode of Peacemaker, he's telling a story to the kids in the class about how he defeated Kite Man. And you might say, oh, that sounds like a ridiculous made up villain they made for the story to be funny. Nope. Kite Man is real. Appeared first in 1960. Man, this show, they really dig deep on their canon. That's a James Gunn staple right there. He takes the most irrelevant sounding heroes. He brings them to life. Now, you might be wondering, I mean, uh-huh. what other deep cut characters is James Gunn going to bring out of the woodwork for Peacemaker? And I propose to you, what about Cad Bane? <laughs> Since we're talking about anyone but Boba Fett, yes, <laughs> as this show has come to be known, why not talk Peacemaker too? When you said deep cut cameo. I thought you were going to say Boba Fett. (laughs) That was one of my favorite things I saw was in one of the Easter egg things that I was looking at this week. They said, and from Empire Strikes Back, you're not going to believe this, guys. We had a Boba Fett spotting. (laughs) In the background. (laughs) Look at that. He's in there for two seconds. You see his face. They circle. (laughs) It's crazy. It's weird. I don't know how to process this. My favorite two episodes of this season have been the two where he's not in it. It's so confusing. Part of it is, is there an attachment to these other characters that I don't have to Boba Fett? Because as we've established... Was never really enamored by him like that. I talked to some fans of the show and fans of Boba Fett specifically, and the sentiment has been these episodes are great. Also, this doesn't make sense. And Maze, when you think about the big picture, how this thing started with a million flashbacks, and now it's been two episodes of side stories. For a seven-episode arc, did this dude really deserve his own show? It's so strange. What we talked about last week, how they're just going to use all of the Star Wars shows to tell all of the concurrent stories. I'm getting on board with that, but I can't overlook the sheer stupidity of naming this show The Book of Boba Fett, messing up the first four episodes for the most part, definitely in the present storyline. I enjoyed Dances with Tuscans or Boba of Arabia, but it seems like that should have just been a movie now. Right. Maybe like 90 minutes of that. Yeah. And then we move on because the present day Pike Syndicate storyline, I guess it's going to pop off in this final episode, but they basically just introduced it. <laughs> we haven't gotten any development on that. It's pretty mind blowing. As a production. I have a friend of mine who works at a certain major media company who said to me, this is something like I hadn't thought of before. He said, there should have been a whole episode of just him getting out of the Sarlacc. 
or at least like 20 to 30 minutes of him in the Sarlacc alone with his thoughts, trying to figure out MacGyver his way out of it. And instead it happened in 15 seconds. And I think you start with that very seminal moment and you say, ah, yeah, like there have been some missteps here, which is funny because in a weird way, Maze, I have enjoyed it. I'm not saying this is bad or don't watch it. I'm just saying it could have been handled so much better. Well, okay. This is the second episode of Mando season three, essentially. Yes. But I also understand how this is sort of serving as a bridge between what they actually want to do with Mando season three. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into all of that later. But just in terms of the Boba Fett of it all, it seems like a misallocation of resources. Yes, I think that's a good way to put it. By the way, we're going to be joined a little later by Ryan Rucco. You know him from doing play-by-play on ESPN. He is the play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Nets. He is also himself a huge Star Wars fan and the co-host of a huge Star Wars fan podcast, R2C2, which he does with CC Sabathia. It's a great podcast. I've been on it before to talk Star Wars. Both of them are huge Star Wars fans. We'll ask him about his feelings on how this whole arc has gone. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com slash crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Let's get into the nitty gritty of chapter six of the book of Boba Fett. From the desert comes a stranger. This is the only episode so far with a co-writing credit. Favreau and Dave Filoni. It is directed by Dave Filoni. And if you don't know who Dave Filoni is, he's the man who created Clone Wars. He's the man who created Star Wars Rebels. He is considered the foremost Star Wars canon mind out there. Him and Pablo Hidalgo, and obviously George Lucas. Filoni was Lucas's kind of right-hand man. Padawan, you might say. Yes, or maybe his foundling. Either <laughs> or. Yeah, Dave made a choice. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Filoni has been consulted on newer Star Wars movies. Hey, can you do this? Can he do this? Can this character do this? And he's kind of the guy that everyone turns to. It's a great guy. We met him years and years ago during one of those NBA finals, me and Jade Hoy and a couple other people. We did the tour of Lucasfilm and we met Dave Filoni. He's a great guy. And obviously, he's responsible for a lot of Star Wars content, whether you know it or not. So we open up in Moss Pelgo. We're back. Pikes are making spice trade happen. And who should show up but our friend from Mandalorian Season 2, Cobb Vanth. And he's laying down the law. I don't know what arrangements you have on Moss Espa. And let's be honest, in Moss Eisley, anything goes. But out here... I'm the one tells folks what to do. And it's not Josh Duhamel, it's Timothy Oliphant. 
Our old friend from Deadwood. Deadwood, justified. Everything. I like the touch of him wearing the scarf around his neck. Very frontiery. His holster hangs loosely off his hip. Everything about this is Western. He accuses the Pikes of reading the map wrong. Let's him know there's no more trade in Mos Pelgo. Shoots a couple of them. Tells the third one to take off but leave the spice. And the Pike says, it's worth more than your town. Then maybe I'll retire. Pike takes off and Vant kicks open the case and lets the spices blow to the wind, showing us he's a good man that won't accept kickbacks or anything like that. He just doesn't want spice in the territory. I mean, he wants to keep his people clean off the spice. Mando is in his N1 Naboo Starfighter. He arrives on the planet where the Jedi Academy is. Is it the forest moon of Endor? Is it Ajan Kloss, which is the planet Luke trained Leia on in Rise of Skywalker? We don't know. The sensors pick up and it's R2. R2 flags him down. Mando lands and says, hello, friend. I'm looking for Skywalker, reminiscent of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello, little friend. Mm-hmm. R2 leads him to an area where ant droids are building a Jedi temple. This looks a lot like the beginnings of the Jedi temple from the last Jedi flashback when we see it burning and Luke putting his robot hand on R2 as he collapses. It's also the same design as the structure seen on Octo. Yes. Especially the circular shape and stonework. But I don't know if Luke had ant droids build those ones. I think he had the Octo residents build those. Well, the Octo ones were already built. That's the first Jedi temple. Mm. He is clearly in his years of study. Notice, okay, this is how they do it. And he wants to build in a similar fashion, which is funny because the Jedi Temple on Coruscant was like Trump Tower and shit. Like, <laughs> I think Luke's trying to take the Jedi Order back to its roots, you know, trying to get the glitz and glamour out of the Jedi Order and just stones. That's what they need. R2 does kind of a dick move here and shuts off. Yeah. <laughs> After he has the androids build him a bench. To make Mando wait. Or is it a bed? As we see plants and stuff being put down for some cushioning. Mando asks, is anyone here? Is anyone alive? Right? Because he's still not 100% with droids, even though he's come a long way. Yeah, he's been reformed, but he'd still rather speak to an operator as opposed to (laughs) the phone machine. Meanwhile, Grogu and Luke are meditating. And I said, this is where the budget went, Mace. Oh, boy. Into Luke's deep fake because they knocked this bitch out of the park. They heard all the criticisms about what we said. It's Mandalorian season two finale, but yeah, it was great until they were close up and he starts talking. I was like, oh my God, it looks like a video game. And this one, I don't know about you, Maze. That shit looked real to me. Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> nah, the CGI Botox was better, I mean, but it's still distracting, man. No, it's not, man. It is. We agree to disagree on this one because I thought they knocked it out the park. It looked like young Mark Hamill. There still is a feeling the audio isn't quite synced up. I know too much. That's what I will say. I know that it's not his real face. I know that he's recording the audio separately. I can tell that it's stitched together. Sure. But I got to be honest. You asked me the end of last episode. We're going to see Grogu. I was wrong. I did not think that they would do this. And there are some reasons why I think this is happening now. Which we will get to with the choice. But this whole callback to 
Empire Strikes Back, where Luke trains with Yoda. Now we have the role reversal. It was amazing. It tugs at the heartstrings. It was beautiful to see. Yes. Tugs at the heartstrings absolutely happens a lot. Grogu sees a frog hop by and uses the force to catch it and wants to eat it. Ha <laughs> ha. Nothing changes. This dude's still hungry, man. Hungry ass little son of a bitch. Luke chastises him. Grogu. Grogu. He drops a frog. Then Luke uses the force to lift up every frog from the swamp water. And I said, the force is strong with you, Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. It's very reminiscent of Yoda lifting the X-Wing out of the swamp. Luke at the time saying, I don't believe it. And Yoda saying, that's why you fail. Because if you look at the look on Grogu's face in amazement, oh my God, all these frogs are being lifted. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, that's why you fail. Because you can't believe it. Grogu, his hunger only allowed him to lift one frog. But... Once he sees that it's an all-you-can-frog buffet, his mind is blown. You think his mind is blown by how many frogs are out there, Absolutely. not by the fact that Luke lifted that them all? That guy <laughs> is food-motivated like no other. It's all he's thinking about every episode. He's just thinking, I could eat all these frogs right now. Luke tells Grogu, I want to tell you of someone you remind me of a great deal. Master Mace Windu. Ha! Ah. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's talking about Yoda. It's because Grogu rocks a Kangol. <laughs> and uses the word mother. <laughs> he tells him about Yoda, and he says, you know, Yoda would do this, and Yoda said, size matters not. That's how he talked. He would speak in riddles. Is that how they talk back home? Do you remember back home? I love the idea that even in Star Wars canon, the characters themselves don't know, is this Yoda just being a dick or is that how his people talk? Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything about Yoda. They finally get a follow-up question with another of his kind. That's the first thing he wants to know. So, uh, is this how you all do it? Or Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is Yoda's special, special way of speaking. My first black friend is with the vibes that I caught <laughs> off of Luke right there. So, they're like, do you guys all like chicken? <laughs> I seem to remember my friend Tyrone was really big into chicken. He then says, would you like to remember... Let me help you remember. And he does the trick that Kylo Ren does with Rey in Force Awakens. Mm. Tapping in and pulling those memories. And the memories are Order 66 PTSD. Why, Luke? Oh, boy. Why would you do this? I was like, oh, my God. And he seemed real cool about it later. I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard about this Jedi purge. <laughs> that shit is real. <laughs> and the people murdering the Jedi in Grogu's PTSD flashback are the 501st. That's Anakin's battalion. They're the ones that marched on the temple. Also a reminder, Grogu's Anakin's age. Yep. When you try to remember how old this guy is, he's literally the same age as Anakin Skywalker. He's 50. He's a 50-year-old baby. I have a note here, Luke talking to Grogu like he's a bingo. I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know if this is the right place for that. Yeah. The galaxy is a dangerous place, Grogu. It is. I will teach you to protect yourself. I will teach you that you can catch us on Cinepo, wherever you get podcasts. We review movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Try to ascertain whether they're accurately poorly rated. Didn't get a fair shake. Cinepo. Produced by that guy, Anthony Mays, this week for Black History Month, Zookeeper, <laughs> starring Kevin James and Sylvester Stallone and a bunch of other people. Mando wakes up and Ahsoka is there. He says, what are you doing here? And she says, I'm an old friend of the family. And Mays, 
I cried, man. Oh, I cried twice because I watched these episodes twice and I cried both times. Also in Zookeeper, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, repeat offender. Playing Ahsoka Tano there. So we got a double dip from her this week. Ahsoka tells Mando a Jedi Academy will be built here. Grogu will be the first student. Mando wants to know how he's doing. I want to see him. And Ahsoka warns him of the attachment. Like, you got to kind of let that dude go. It's part of the Jedi training to not have attachment. Mando counters. He's a foundling. I want to see him. Is that what's best for Grogu? Or is that what's best for you? Are you looking out for him? Or are you looking out for yourself right now? He says, well, I just want to give him this. Holds up the Beskar armor. And she says, why? So he will remember you. And I'm like, ooh, deep as hell, man. And he says, well, it's his right as a foundling. Foundling. Perhaps he is a Padawan now. Culture clash. Ahsoka offers to deliver the gift. Mando says, but I came all this way. Ahsoka explains that if Grogu sees you, it will make detachment more difficult. So Mando leaves. Grogu and Luke see him depart. Grogu reaches out. It's a very cute moment. I did wonder how Grogu knew it was him, given that he's not flying in the Razor Crest anymore. That's my whole thing. They're overlooking Luke and Grogu training on the cliff there. Can he sense the Mandalorian's presence? And if he sees the ship, he can definitely sense it. So isn't that accomplishing the same thing of making it difficult for him? Like, isn't seeing him even at a distance doing that maybe that's why he came by and he didn't even say hi that would be worse to me or will that create negative feelings and tap into the dark side i don't know but we do know that luke teaches grogu how to force jump or he's trying to teach him how to force jump says bend down jump and as you do feel the force flow through you grogu at the draft combine he barely clears a credit card really that's all you got you're trying too hard don't try. Do. Of course, this is a callback to Empire Strikes Back, where Yoda says there is no try. Do or do not. Yoda, a little bit stricter than, than Luke in his teaching style. Then Luke puts him back in the backpack, just like he did with Yoda back in the day. And he does a little bamboo forest Jedi parkour. Explains to Grogu about the force being in balance. Through the force, you will find balance as well. He's trying to stand on a stick on one leg and... They play Luke's theme, and I cried again. You're so soft, I mean. Oh, man. And then it goes on. He's teaching him about balance. He's bouncing on the branch. While he's bouncing on the branch, he's walking him through the lightsaber strokes like Anakin. All the different forms of lightsaber fighting, they made a teaching tape out of it. If you remember in Star Wars Rebels, or I guess if you never watched Star Wars Rebels, Kanan is training Ezra, and Ezra's looking at the stage and says, who is this guy? He's amazing. And Kanan's like, yeah, this guy was pretty much the best ever to do this. And so we see Luke walking Grogu through the the stances, and I cried again. (laughs) Those tear ducts were open for business, huh? Sobbing, sobbing, because it was his father, man. I'm like, damn. You really fell for the poppy talk on this one. Oh, my God, the poppy talk hit me. Then he gets out the training remote to test his reflexes, just like Obi-Wan threw Luke into the deep end against the training remote in A New Hope. Grogu gets zapped. But then just a little zap inspires him to get the force into his force jumps and force flips. He's just hopping over rocks on the river, the little pond there. Soka comes over to check it out. And then Grogu concentrates and the training remote smokes and falls into the pond. Ahsoka and 
Luke starts to have a little conversation about it. It's more like he's remembering that I'm actually teaching him anything. And Ahsoka says, Sometimes the student guides the master. Luke knows that Mando is here. Ahsoka is like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> Which I love. I'm like, oh, it's not some metaphysical thing you're doing there, Luke. I literally told you he was here. Ahsoka hands him the gift. Luke wonders if Grogu's heart is in all of this. And Ahsoka says, so much like your father. And a thug tear rolled down my cheek. I didn't cry, but like it was a little bit like, okay. This is really cool, though, because yes. we don't see them really go into this conversation, but it is implied that they have talked about Anakin. Yes. And it's nice that Luke can actually meet someone who knew his father before he was Darth Vader and give him some actual good, positive memories to hold on to. Well, someone who knew his father... And wasn't going to lie through his teeth when telling about his father. Oh, oh, like who? Who who lied to Luke? Oh, I mean, from a certain point of view, fucking Obi-Wan. She tells him to trust his instincts about whether or not to keep training Grogu. And I said she's clearly a disciple of Yoda. Mm. He says, will I see you again? Perhaps. May the force be with you. And I said, fuck you, Yoda. Like, just get out of here. Thanks a lot. And we see Grogu tired from all his training. We know how draining using the force is on him. So he's taking a little nap on the rock out there. Mando heads back to Tatooine. He pulls into the Jabba's Palace garage. Tells the Gamorrean he's with Fennec. They're in the middle of a strategy meeting about the pikes. The storm is about to break. Boba Fett! Remember that guy? He's there! He's there! This is his book. I did the DiCaprio Once Upon a Time in Hollywood ooh, sitting up and pointing at Look, there he is. <laughs> they have a map of where the pikes are gathering, according to whispers. And with Mando and Chrysanthemum, they have enforcers. But lack numbers for an all-out war. They need foot soldiers, and Mando might be able to help. Yes. Bye, Boba. Good to see you. Did you notice that when Fennec introduces Mando, he does the same head nod that Boba did in Return of the Jedi? when Leia shows up as a bounty hunter who has captured Chewbacca. There's like a little nod of respect. It's the same exact head nod, same angle and everything. A nice little touch there. All right. So now Mando's flying over the Dune Sea. He flies over some Jawas with a crate Dragon Skull. They also seem to recognize Mando, even though he's in a different ship. Maybe they were the Jawas that helped sourcing the materials. Mm, interesting. He's like, oh, hey, it's actually flying. Way to go. Way to go, young blood. Way to go. Bando arrives in Mos Pelgo. The deputy comes out, starts giving him shit like a real cop would. Ask him for a parking pass before Cobb Vanth tells him to chill. Relax, homie. Says, is that a Naboo starfighter? That's what it started out as. I haven't seen you since you lost your armor. Have you been? More careful. That's a great line, man. Where's the little guy? Back with his own folk. That's too bad. I guess we both lost something we were fond of. Mm. Salty. They're very salty there. Cobb Vanth. By the way, you didn't get it ripped off you for free. The dude kind of helped you kill this monster that was devouring your townspeople and brokered peace between you and the Tuscans. So I would say that was a fair cost, asshole. Mando wants to buy him a drink. Ooh, ooh I'm going to take you home with me. <laughs> Inside the bar, there's also the crate Dragon rib cage. Van says, uh, I don't see what this has to do with me or with my people. 
Mando says, your people are good fighters and we've got credits to pay. Bant argues that peace is here. Ever since they killed the crate Dragon, they don't have to do anything. Mando says Mos Pelgo, and the bartender from Season 2 of Mandalorian, the Weequay bartender, says the name is now Freetown. Suits them better. The town wants no part of it. That's a city folk fight. The Weequay, if you're wondering what kind of alien species that is, that's the same species as Hondo Onaka, the famous pirate from Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Bant is resistant. To the idea, but he says, I'll see what I can do. And Mando drops this line. There's no easy way to ask for a favor, even though, again, I'm going to be paying you people. And also, this shit is going to come to your doorstep sooner or later. So I don't see it as a favor. Mando leaves. Cobb Bant calls for a meeting. The Weequay bartender says, that's not our problem. By the way, he's played by W. Earl Brown, who was also in Deadwood. Moss Pelgo has always been the Tatooine version of Deadwood, which I appreciate. Bant says, call them anyway, even though it's not our problem. And then we see a figure walking in the distance. It's hazy. From the desert comes a stranger. The marshal tells everyone to get inside. Deputy says, I'm not leaving you out here alone. This guy bought a boat named Live Forever. And he took it out to sea in this episode. <laughs> the deputy <laughs> stranger gets closer and closer. We find out it is the one, the only, the prophesized on this very podcast, Maze. Yes. Cad Bane. And it's voiced by the original voice, Corey Burton. And I wrote, I would have cried, but it was spoiled to me. Mm. It was spoiled to me by someone who on Wednesday morning sends me a message Cat Bane I'm like you motherfucker you want to ask me if I've watched it yet like it's been six hours since it's been out this was a horrible horrible decision by my friend everyone says Joe have you seen it yet you watch I can't even avoid it I got a message open the message just says Cat Bane he looks phenomenal oh man in reality he's got the pointed teeth the blue skin those big red eyes with the slow reveal once he tilts his hat brim up oh the breathing tubes connected to the little control box on his back he's got the QB wristbands with all the buttons on them and stuff so let's give a little background exposition on who Cat Bane is for people who haven't watched Clone Wars or the Bad Batch. Cad Bane is the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. He's the guy that trained Boba Fett how to be a bounty hunter. Yes, that's one of the most important things is that he and Boba have a history. Kind of like a mentor slash father figure, but also somewhat rival at some point because Boba obviously gets very good at it. The breathing apparatus that Maze is mentioning, he doesn't need it to breathe. He can breathe fine. You know why he has that breathing apparatus, Maze? Might have something to do with his past encounters with Jedi. Yes, it is to prevent Jedi from force choking him. There are like a couple of characters in Star Wars who are not force sensitive, who can hold their own in fighting a Jedi. Cad Bane is one of them. And so he's got all these gadgets and stuff like that to basically make it a fair fight between him and Jedi. He's put several Jedi away. He's beaten Obi-Wan in in combat. This is as badass as a badass could be, and he's here. I went back and watched his encounter with Obi-Wan on YouTube, which was pretty cool. And you get to see him use all of the things in his arsenal, including his rocket boots, which are pretty helpful when you're tangling with Jedi. Yes. And by the way, Maze mentioned that history with Boba Fett. If you've ever looked at Boba Fett's helmet and said, why does he have that dent there? It's because Cad Bane shot him in the head. And if it weren't for the Beskar, he would have been an RIP t-shirt. But instead, there's a dent where Cad Bane shot him. 
Cad Bane tells Cobb Vanth, whatever Fetch is paying you will match. All you got to do is stay out of the way. And here comes Deputy <laughs> Do-Right with, hey, Marshall ain't for sale. I'd be careful where I was sticking my nose if I were you. Is that friendly advice or a threat? Boba Fett is a cold-blooded killer who worked with the Empire. Ooh, that's a bar. Hypocrite much? You're a cold-blooded killer who worked with the Empire, Cad Bane. No. When did he work for the Empire? He never worked for the Empire? 99% of his appearance have been in Clone Wars. There was no Empire. You're telling me that for, <laughs> for the last 20 years, Cad Bane hasn't taken a job with the Empire because he has standards. I'm just saying, man. Vader had all the... He had Bosk and he had IG-88 on the Star Destroyer, Boba. He didn't have Cad Bane there because Cad Bane has principles. Ugh. Look it up, Boba, sometime. <laughs> There's this awesome Old West standoff that's straight out of the good, the bad, and the ugly. It should be pointed out that the character Cad Bane is based on Angel Eyes from the movie The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Either the same hat, kind of same facial structure, and the same badassery. And this is a Filoni character, and so it totally makes sense that he would give his introduction good, bad, and the ugly vibes, heavily so. Cobb Vance says, you tell your spice runners, Tatooine closed for business. Mm. This plan has seen enough violence. We're not here for it. Toughest, coarsest rope in our rope inventory. You never should have given up your armor. You get the showdown at the OK Corral. The deputy's a dumbass. Cad shoots Cobb Vanth in the shoulder and then unloads on this deputy yes. who had one day left to retirement. Everybody runs out with the med packs to check on Cobb, who I'm hoping will survive this. He's probably just injured, but nobody runs up to the deputy. He's just dead. The end. Tatooine belongs to the syndicate. As long as the spice keeps running, everybody will be left alone. And he walks away. And I said to myself, wait, why did he walk here? And why is he walking home? For cinematic effect. I mean, that is the only reason why <laughs> he's got nothing better to do than just walk miles through the desert. He's got to get his steps in. We're back in Moss Espa, Garza Whip's bar. Everyone's chilling, having a good time. Couple of pikes show up. They order drinks. Papa Camtono down on the table. They don't want their helmets cleaned either. Protocol droid comes back with the drinks and they just kind of walk out. No, yeah, we're good. And the protocol droid says, you forgot your briefcase, like the little kid from The Untouchables. Mm. Bomb explodes. Garso Flip's place is destroyed. It should be pointed out Max Rebo was not injured because he wasn't there. I know a lot of people were worried about that. Begun. This Pike War has. Back at the Jedi Charter Academy, Luke is sitting with Grogu in the now-completed temple. He holds up the chain mail and says, Mando wanted you to have this. Before he takes it, he will give him a choice. And he pulls out Yoda's lightsaber. Oh. It belonged to my master Yoda. Now I'm offering it to you. And now Amin is crying some more. You may only choose one. If you choose the armor, you'll return to your friend the Mandalorian. However, you will be giving into attachment to those that you love and forsaking the way of the Jedi. But if you choose the lightsaber, you will be the first student in my academy. And I will train you to be a great Jedi. It will take you many years to master the ways of the Force, and you may never see the Mandalorian again. Because, Grogu, a short time for you is a lifetime for someone else. Which do you choose? Close up on Grogu's big eyes. And I say to you, Amin, get you a Grogu that can do both. Yes. Roll credits. My dreams 
of Grogu rocking the chainmail armor, cutting fools down with a lightsaber, are being ripped away from me by this final choice. Or are they, Maze? Because here's the deal. You have Luke Skywalker, who literally saved the galaxy by giving in to his attachment, his attachment to his father. You have Luke Skywalker, who left his training midway through, despite the pleas and the prediction by both Obi-Wan and Yoda that, all right, it's all over then. It's your funeral. Okay, go ahead. Give it to the dark side. You're not strong enough. All that stuff happened before to Luke. And now it's happening to Grogu. Also bears to mention that Ahsoka too had attachment issues. And she's very attached to Anakin. And she too left mid-training. And finally, lest we forget, Obi-Wan, you were banging Duchess Satine back out, man. Mm. All of them are hypocrites. And that's why the Jedi Order was always destined to fail, because they're all hypocrites. Certainly plenty of hypocrisy here. Yeah. I have a lot that I want to get into on this final choice. You might be wondering, how did Yoda's lightsaber get there? He lost his original lightsaber when he battled Darth Sidious. So how does Luke have one now? Well, in Marvel's Age of Rebellion story, The Trial of Dagobah, it is revealed that Yoda built himself a new lightsaber while in exile on the swamp planet. And Luke found this when he went through Yoda's stuff after his death in the estate sale. He found the lightsaber buried under a pile of old credit card statements and (laughs) vinyl records. There was the second lightsaber. On Twitter, Double W's at Wayne Walsh comic asked, I don't get why Grogu has to choose. Wasn't the first Mandalorian also a Jedi, I mean? No, the first Mandalorian wasn't a Jedi, but there was a Mandalorian Jedi. Tar Vizsla, who we talked about last episode, who built the Darksaber, but he was born a Mandalorian and inducted into the Jedi Order as a child. Right. Whereas Grogu is a foundling and also... The whole reason that Ahsoka objected to it was that he's potentially too old. And the reason that Grogu has to choose is not so much between being a Mandalorian and being a Jedi, but rather between human attachment and isolation. As for the choice, I see this playing out in a purely behind-the-scenes logistical fashion. I mean, they can't have Grogu training with Luke forever because that's not interesting. When he first went with him, I thought they would have him come back once his training is complete. But as Luke points out, that would apparently take Mando's whole life (laughs) because Grogu is so old. So what they've done here is they gave us a taste of the Luke training, which I didn't even think we would necessarily see. And then also given us a convenient out to get back to Mando and Grogu teaming up to travel the galaxy reunited so i got a bunch of questions via email a lot more than i thought we'd get this is from santiago suero my question is why would ahsoka be working with luke to set up his jedi training academy when she's no longer a jedi and her goal at the time is to find ezra and thrawn i would say that she's not basically she's not helping him train she's just there to give advice and guidance while she's not a jedi she recognizes the power that luke has and obviously knows that there's a need for the Jedi to return, but that's not the path for her. Well, I mean, what do you think Grogu's going to choose? And what do you think the future holds in this storyline? I think he's going to choose the chain mail and then Luke is going to have to bring him back to Tatooine. And then we're going to get the awkward of Boba Fett and Luke meeting each other. Mm, Okay. That's kind of interesting. I thought I killed you. (laughs) 
What happened in that Sarlacc pit? And also, did you kill me? Weren't you the asshole who killed me? What choice would you make if you were Grogu? I think we just did that. Is this your version of picking between fat face and NBA GM job? <laughs> nice one. That was from Joe Rattay. Rattay. This is from Tony Restuccia. Can you explain the timeline quickly from the end of Return of Jedi through to where we are now in Star Wars canon? Hitting main events in the Mando and Boba Fett shows. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's Return of the Jedi and then Mandalorian Season 1 and then Mandalorian Season 2 and then Book of Boba Fett now. Now, the flashbacks that happen in Book of Boba Fett happen... Before Mando Season 1. But other than that, yes, that is the timeline. Totally. We're joined now by a man that you know very well. You might have heard him do play-by-play on ESPN, on NBA games. You might have heard him do play-by-play on a Brooklyn Nets game, perhaps, with the villain Richard Jefferson and our friend Sarah Kustak. <laughs> or you might know him from his podcast, R2C2. He does it with CC Sabathia. They're both big Star Wars fans. His name is Ryan Rucco. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, man. It is great to be on the only podcast out there that has a better name than my podcast. <laughs> Rule of Two is fantastic. I appreciate it, man. It's funny because when I first wanted to do a Star Wars podcast a couple of years ago, looking around the landscape of names, everything was taken and all the cool names were taken. I was like, what am I going to do? And then I just I came across, oh, this one's not taken. It's mine now. So R2C2 is pretty damn good, too. It is. I will say I give my dad a ton of credit for that. He is the one who thought of it because we were trying to come up with something that combined our names and our interests and whatever mm-hmm. and threw it out to the family group chat. Like, what do you got for names? And my dad was like, R2C2. And I hit CC on it and I was like, look, man, I, w- I want to pick one that your name comes first. So that's my only issue with this. And he was like, no, F that. That's the name. That's clearly <laughs> the name. That's it, man. I was like, okay. Considering our love of Star Wars and our initials, it's pretty good. Well, let me ask you, first of all, your impressions on Book of Boba Fett, because it's got a mixed array of responses is what I found from most of the diehards. I love it, man. I love it. I think it's great. On a very specific note, I love the music. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I love it because it kind of has that same sort of space western feel that Mandalorian has, but then it has a character that you have more embedded familiarity with, with Boba, but it layered him in a way that kind of got you to know other people or characters more than you had, humanizing The Tusken Raiders was just fantastic. And I'm going to go back and watch episode two, I think a totally different way than I ever have before watching Anakin. (laughs) And I like with Boba, the storyline of like the action, but I've also liked the connection I feel to him. I know that some people were like, oh, he's just supposed to be like a straight ruthless bounty hunter. But to me, we saw him as a kid and we saw how he got scarred. Clearly there's a human in there. And I like how the experience being in the Sarlacc pit and being kind of brought back to life as part of the Tusken Raiders, to me, is a very well done explanation of getting the character to a place that he needs to be if you're going to carry a series around him. Right. If you remember, when I came on your podcast, we talked about The Last Jedi. And at the time, a lot of people were upset that how could Luke Skywalker lose hope? We were talking about, yeah, you know, it happened when you got a guy who's gone through a whole life. He's not 18, 19 years old anymore. He's not an idealist. There's a part of me that I appreciate that, that characters grow, right? And they change over time in the same way that we're accustomed to accepting in the opposite, right? That 
Saw Guerrero could start off as a really good dude who means well and is like fighting for his people. And at the end, he's like just a maniac. He's just out of control. He's a terrorist pretty much because people evolve over time. Now, Ryan, I got to ask you, though, like I liked it. But at the same time, I'm kind of throwing off that this season is only seven episodes long. And now two of them, the last two of them have basically not featured Boba Fett at all. Wait, I didn't know it's only seven episodes. I mean, I thought it was 10. Only one more left, Ryan. No. Well, my wife's right here. She's not going to like that either. There's only one more left of the Boba Fett season. Yeah. She says, oh, that sucks. You know what? That does disappoint me a little bit because I understand that they've done some character building and plot building to bring us to this climax. But if feels like we have more than one episode left of Climax, even within this individualized dilemma that Boba and Fennec are dealing with. It feels like we have three or four episodes left of drama before we could get to a place of peace. Too much resolution left on the table. Yeah. So many things. Look, these last two episodes I thought were unbelievable, even though we haven't had a ton of Boba in them. But I thought after episode five, that was kind of just like your setup and they might table Mando until season three of Mando. Same thought, Ryan. Same exact thought. Seemed like, all right, we'll leave this hanging and come back to it later, but no. And I'm glad it was a no because it was so incredible, but I do wish we were getting a little more Boba than just one more episode. I do like the intersection, though, the marvely way they're intersecting yeah. everything. I do think it's cool. I know you've loved the series thus far, and I told Maze earlier, I love it too. I do think there's a lot of meat they left on the bone with some of these decisions. What has been your most disappointing part? What you just told me, that it's only seven <laughs> episodes, I think. <laughs> because I think that I was really feeling a connection to Boba. and. I love seeing him in this role. I love seeing the way he's like kind of gathering his army, the way he's doing it. I loved his interaction with Jabba's cousins. The Huts, yeah. I love the uh, killer Wookiee. How do we say his name? Black Crescenton. Crescenton, yeah. What a character. Just incredible. So, I mean, I felt connected to Boba, and then they've made me feel connected to these other people who they're introducing me to, with Boba being the linchpin of all that. Mm -hmm. I was totally cool with the way they deviated the last two episodes away from Boba because it was so wonderful, but also because I felt like, oh, and then we're going to get four more episodes, five right. more episodes of Boba. Now that I know we only have one, oh man, I need more. So that actually would be the most disappointing thing, I think. I, I thought the huts were going to be the thing. Mm. And for them to basically be like a misdirection, like oh, on second thought, we're going back to Nalhutta. I wanted more because the huts obviously in Clone Wars... It's a big family, a big crime family, and there are so many characters there. So I just want a little bit more hut talk. Also, I really don't like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They just seem so out of place with Tatooine as a planet. Like the look of Tatooine is very dusty and drab and Old West. And then here come these kids with these flashy things. I've said it before. If this were in Coruscant, I'd be like, absolutely. They look like a Coruscant gang. But you know what? The rents on Coruscant, they got too high and they had to move <laughs> rural. And so they ended up on Tatooine. So you're saying Tatooine is like the Denver of the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> it's where the next wave of people are going because they can afford to buy houses out Gentrification. there. Gentrification. That's right. Coruscant is New York and San Francisco. And yeah, exactly right. 
Okay, flip side. Obviously, we all love seeing Luke and we love seeing Mando, but what Boba Fett specific thing have you enjoyed the most? I mean, I love their version of the cantina. Garza flips? I just love the atmosphere in there. I've loved Boba's interactions with the mayor's... Major Domo. Jester or whatever the guy is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And... I really liked the scene where Boba, after what happens to the Tusken Raiders, when he's going for revenge. Right. Because it's kind of like the combination of this newfound heart that we've seen develop with Boba. And then also, yeah, he's still like this badass trained killer who can absolutely mow through any enemy that he, he feels motivated to. Also, just like aesthetically, I love the look. It became a thing for Star Wars fans after all the CGI that we had in the prequels. There was such a focus on like, oh, that look at the old Star Wars. One of the things people loved about Force Awakens. And I just feel like they have nailed the look in Mandalorian and now in Book of Boba Fett. It just looks and feels great. Ryan, we each have a different pet name for his origin story here. So Amin went with Boba of Arabia. (laughs) A train robbery. They're out there in the sand doing their thing. I call it Dances with Tuscans. Ooh, those are both good. I like both those. It's got an Academy Award pedigree, both of us. They're both (laughs) evoking cinematic history. But my biggest objection to the whole thing, Ryan, is just the packaging, just the presentation calling it the Book of Boba Fett, having a present-day plotline that kind of languishes in setup with the Pike Syndicate and all of that. And as early as Episode 2 or 3, Amin and I were talking, this just feels like Episode 7 is going to end on a massive cliffhanger. And we've speculated that Kira is going to appear as the big reveal of the season. But are you happy with the packaging? Has it been messing with you at all? Had you wished they had done it a little differently? How do you feel about the way it's been rolled out? No, I understand what you're saying, but that's really because of the last two weeks, right? And then because of the brevity of the season. Because the first four episodes, it felt like totally his re-origin story, if you will. But it was so split between the two timelines. That didn't bother you at all? No, I love that. Because to me... If they just plopped you down in current day with Boba, you're not getting the answers to all these key questions that you have, right? Like one of the things they did with Solo, which to me is a just wildly underrated movie, is they checked the box on a couple key things that you wanted to know the origin of. How did he get the Millennium Falcon? The Kessel Run. Exactly. What's the origin of his relationship with Lando? You know, those kind of things. And for this, I think if we had just seen Boba in present day, we would have been satisfied with his exploits and adventures because he's an awesome character. But I think we would have been thinking like, well, how did he get out of the Sarlacc pit? And well, how did he get his ship back? And why is he all of a sudden this benevolent ruler rather than just an absolutely laser-focused killer. I actually love the parallel storylines going on. I thought they were awesome. And I liked that it was happening in the back to tank as well. I thought that was cool. I don't think to call it that was wrong. I think they also know the popularity of Mando and bringing him in. It's probably going to increase the connection with Boba. Now, diehard Star Wars fans are going to have a connection with Boba right off the jump, right? But there are people who just like love the Mandalorian as a television series who didn't necessarily have the same embedded Star Wars fandom that I think probably end up feeling more connected to Boba because of the intersection from a character that they had developed a connection with. So it doesn't bother me. I like everything about how it's been packaged. And I think it probably also gives them runway for future seasons as well. The only thing I'm 
confused about is how it's going to end next week. I had no idea until you just said that that it was only seven episodes. Cliffhanger. That's how it's going to end. <laughs> Kira would be interesting, though. Are you guys yeah. still thinking maybe? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The Pikes aren't working alone. She's probably going to be behind it. Also, we predicted that Cad Bane would show up. He did. We're still waiting to see whether Bosk shows up. Mm, I feel like okay. Bosk has to show up because he's got a connection with Boba. He's got a connection with Chrysanthemum. And we've seen a lot of Trandoshans. Thrawn, we think, doesn't show up till the Ahsoka series. Yes, and that was going to lead me to my next question there, Ryan. Okay, so we got three incoming new Star Wars series. We've got Mandalorian Season 3. We've got Ahsoka, which is going to be, you know, the search for Ezra. And I'm presuming we're going to find Thrawn as well. And then the third is Kenobi. Which one of those three are you most excited to see next? If Dave Filoni shows up and says, Ryan Rucco, we love your content. We're going to give you a first sneak peek before everybody else at yeah. this piece of content. Which one are you picking? You can only pick one. I'm super excited for all three. Kenobi is the one I'm most excited for. Honestly, really? it's the one I've been most excited for since I knew that they were even going to be doing different anthology stories, if you will. Like I didn't know even if they were going to do a Kenobi one, but I wanted it desperately. And so the fact that they're doing it, the fact that they're bringing back Hayden Christensen for it, I love Ewan. He was just so amazing as Obi-Wan. I have some confusion as to how they're going to make it dramatic and what the tension is going to be in that period of time. But I think there's some cool possibilities, especially when you think about like Clone Wars and you think about the fact that we know Qui-Gon was actually the dude who taught them how to be transcendent with the force, you know, could, right. could he make an appearance? I'm excited for that, mainly because of my connection to Anakin and Obi-Wan. I'm one of those people, like, I don't want them to meet. I want to see how creative they can get of them not meeting because I don't want it to cheapen their meeting on the Death Star in A New Hope. I mean, the whole thing was the, when we last met, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master. Like, the idea that he's been holding on to this for 17 years or 18 years mm -hmm. of, man, if I see this guy, I'm going to mess him up. The idea that the Inquisitors, right? Like that Vader has a staff of Jedi hunters. Yeah, they're trying to catch Jedi, but it's really about one thing. They're trying to catch Kenobi. They're trying to find Obi-Wan because Vader obsesses over him in the same way that Maul obsessed over Kenobi as well. Last question for you, Ryan. I told Maze, watching this episode, I legit cried about like four or five different times. I cried when Ahsoka said, Soft. I'm a friend of the family. Soft. I cried when crier. he's walking through the lightsaber, different forms with Grogu. Grogu's bouncing and he's teaching him. I cried when he says, through the force, you'll find balance as well. And they played Luke's theme. I cried when he offered the lightsaber, Yoda's lightsaber to him. And I would have cried when Cad Bane showed up, except for the fact that someone spoiled it for me before the fact. I still can't believe your friend spoiled that. That's a bad job. It's one of the worst things they've ever done to me. But I'm just curious as we head on out here, Ryan Rucco, has Star Wars ever brought you to tears? Either any of these shows or any of the movies? Oh, yeah. I've been brought to tears multiple times from Star Wars. Nothing in this episode made me cry. Just me, huh? I felt close to crying when Mando had to leave Grogu. That was close for me, too, because 
Grogu also reminds me of my daughter just because like big eyes, wonder, like little squeaky noises. Insatiable appetite. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> seriously. Grogu looks at anyone eating anything the same way my daughter, who's five months old, looks at me eating anything. My wife, Andrea, and I, even when we were watching, we still like to call Grogu Baby Yoda, though, but we're like, Evie really is our Baby Yoda, like just watching it. So that made me a little emotional seeing Mando leave Grogu there because I was like, no, you can't leave Evie, <laughs> meaning Grogu. But there's a lot of emotional moments for me in the history of Star Wars. One of the ones that stands out to me most is Luke at the end of Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. When he just fades off the rock with the sun setting and that really, that really gets me. I can remember, I think even the second time I saw it in theaters and I saw it like four times in theaters being like, oh, I'm going to cry every time I see this. Every single time I will cry. And then Rise of Skywalker, I think it's when I heard all the Jedi. All the voices. Yeah. All the voices. Yeah, that, that made me emotional too. I'm always open to a good cry. Oddly enough for me and to this day, I, every time I see the scene, I cry. It is the last scene of Force Awakens. When she finally climbs the thing and she's, oh, it's he, he's here. And she pulls the lightsaber out. She's really excited to hand it to him. And you see the look in his eyes that I don't want that. That yep. to me, waterworks every single time. Oh, I love that. That's why we love these movies, man. Because they, they hit us emotionally. Yes. And I think that, to really bring it full circle here on the rule of two, I think that's why I love and appreciate the book of Boba Fett. Yes, I could be just stirringly entertained to watch Boba just destroy people and i like that but why i love star wars is because they create this emotional connection to droids to menacing characters villains protagonists alike and that's how i feel with boba i'm like oh you made me you made me feel connected to him you made me root for him now i'm invested in what he's going to try and do to the syndicate awesome well his name is ryan ruko you can catch him on the R2C2 podcast with CC Sabathia. That's on the Ringer Network. You can also listen to him call games for Yes Network, call games for ESPN. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Rule of Two. Again, thank you to our guest, Ryan Rucco. Make sure you check out all his stuff. Thank you to my producer, Anthony Mays. We'll talk to you next week for the season finale of Book of Boba Fett. the words have been plural not a lot so not a lot if you get yeah. if you get an s a yellow s usually it's yeah. in the first Sec four. like second or fourth yeah yeah which is tough i find that words with eyes are the most difficult hmm. i don't know why i would have gone for words with u's that are pretty tough i owe you those are vowels i don't think about a lot yeah you, know? you guys are nerds why? Uh, we're nerds because we like playing a very popular game on our phone and Tony's a jock and he likes to play basketball. <laughs> 
Why do these type of things always have to get ruined, though? Like, New York Times bought it, and I'm no, sure they're going to start... Like, it's not ruined. I, I don't think it's going to be ruined yet. I just assume I that this type you. of thing will yeah. start being charged for. Start it'll done. be an app or something. For me, me I, I'm amazed at the discipline in not going to two Wordles a day. Or, here are all of the Wordles from... All of all previous days, I, I like because the only reason why these things work, it's the lesson that HQ trivia didn't learn is you do it once a day, you do it at one time a day and it turns it into an event. And that's the only way that people respond scarcity. to things. Scarcity. The scarcity makes it popular because I can't do it for four hours at a time and then get bored with it and yes. then never do it again. Exactly. And, and it's, I look forward to every day. It's like, ooh, I'm, I'm up at 11.45. If I wait 15 more minutes, right. I can do the new Wordle. I actually, I sent you a video. I went out to uh, an evening gathering recently. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I don't know. We are watching I, a soccer game. No, and, no I, I went to emo night at Las oh, Rosas. Oh, that evening gathering. Okay. Oh, Las Rosas. Okay. I, yeah, so I went to I emo a night. And there's are you a, an emo I, guy? No, I mean, I, I, I like some of the music. I have a nice time at emo night. You have a nice time at emo night. Yeah, okay. and so I there was like a band who was playing live. Uh, I did not shotgun. I did chuggy, but I did not shotgun. Okay. I got so, three greens. All right. On today's continue. Oh, yeah, I guess again. So, on the day that you're listening to this, you have three greens. True. Thursday's word dull. So anyway, so I'm in the middle of a performance of a rock band that is very loud, and everyone's jamming, jumping them down into the music, and I'm doing my wordle. I thought it was a that was a funny contrast. So the word that is the best word in Wordle to start with, I'd never heard of this word before. I still don't know what it means. It's rote. R-O-A-T-E. Rote. Interesting. A lot of, a lot of vowels. Get to bang yes. Those out. Yeah. Well, and, and also because it's not just about the frequency of letters and words. It's about positionally. I thought I letters. had it. Two letters so far into in Thursday's Wordle. Okay. The word. okay. Thanks a lot. All right. So, uh, what you want? You you want me to give yeah. give you the word that's it every day? No. Yes. I need because, one. I need a because the first wait, you just one gave time. me a hint. That means that there's an wait. No. That means there's a T. I'm I'm doing the same Wordle as Roy right now. Oh. I have three, but one of the letters in in wrote. I want to know how the word is selected every day. Like, is there a meeting? Like, is there no? Like it's, a I think it's room? just a guy. The the story of Wordle is guy, it was yeah. a guy who created a puzzle game for his wife and from it, it just kind of gained popularity from there. He coded the share function and he coded all these things into it. It was just a guy who created a game for his wife and it sold for low seven figures to the New York times. I just like the idea. And of his name is Wardle. Yeah. Wardle. Yeah. His name, his last name is W a R D L E. Look at me. Why? His name Wardle. Wardle. Listen, you can't really question anything about it. So anyway, you so wrote, like a guy that could code. I don't, I don't know anything about coding. It feels dense. It feels like a lot. Yeah. It would take me a while. Oh, it the, is a lot. The yeah, second word. So if rote does not give you enough, the word that you should follow with is sling. Rote. Sling. Sling should hmm. be the order of the words that you do. If you, Now, if you want to do it mathematically now, there is a great debate in the Wordle community about whether or not you should have openers because... Openers. What do you mean? Like use like using the same, the same word, word or okay. like having a strategy. Like right. one of the common strategies is using the word adieu because you get four vowels out of the way straight away and you can figure out from there with the vowels you have where you should go. There is, you know, I, I did for a while just to say, you know what, whatever word is on my mind whenever I play the game is the word I'm going to use. So like the other day we had Taco Tuesday. So the next day my word was tacos. But 
I've decided to try and play because I'm really angry that my brother's gotten it in two, three times, and I've yet to get wow. it in two, and it makes well, me angry. And so I need, I need to, I need to figure this out. So, Woody, I have one guess left. That's poor. I got it, by the way. Wow! Congratulations. How, how many guesses? Four guesses. Four guesses. The last three in a row, I've had three of the five letters, hmm. and now that Roy's gotten it, I'll say what it is. I have, I've guessed scarf, snarl, swarm. The S and the A R are correct, but I can't get the other two letters. And this is why this game keeps me coming back for more. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you think you have it. Yeah. Think you're about to like, you know. The word the other day was something like sight. Mm. And my dad didn't get it despite having four of the six letters for five of his wow. guesses. It was like sight, might, night. That's a tough one. Tight. Didn't get it. Could was a word recently. Yeah. Yeah, that one was tough because it was like would. That was the only one, but it was it was difficult. Well, I can tell you this uh, word here on uh, Thursday is... Pretty difficult. This is something that you really. Hmm. I mean, I we'll see if I get it. What's Wordle? I don't know. <laughs> That's a perfect. Ending. I've never felt so alone. Thank you, Juju. You I've don't never, see it on Twitter. I, yeah, I, mean, I do, and I try to like mute it of every. Uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 I got so it. Wait, shit! Annoying. I didn't get it. Yes, it's not shark. Wow. No, it's shard. Damn it! So it's just annoying X because everyone slash does it. six yeah. Yeah. for Jessica Smetana on a oh, Thursday. Oh man. I oh. thought I had it with Shark. Juju, for as much time as you spend on on social media, I'm kind of stunned that you that you haven't seen this. He's seen it. He's doing the thing with Tony. I mean, they're they're just it's too Sarcasm. many. Sarcasm. If everyone's yeah. doing it, get like this thing needs mm. to get over itself. Are you counterculture, it. Juju? Thanks, thanks for answering for me, Chris. Uh, I see uh, the yeah. colors, and I see uh, like the green and the the the, the yellow. Yeah. I never knew what it was though, so I say again, what the fuck is a wordle, and why the hell is everybody tweeting it? In the middle of the morning, yeah. it'd be six in the morning. It's weird. Oh, it's Cody, here, Paolo. It's I just, I just found this word. Way to start your day. Uh, it, it's I, how you I disagree. It's how you get your brain going. It's how you get like an idiot. I highly disagree with that. The other day, I went out. I was up late. I had a couple drinks. I did mm. Wordle at like twelve forty-five in the morning. I woke up the next day. Didn't remember what the word was. I got to play it again. Little life hack. <laughs> or cheating. Life hack attack. <laughs> so Juju, it's a word game where you start by guessing a five letter word and then if you don't if you guessed incorrectly, the letter comes up blank. If you guess the letter correctly but in the wrong position, you get a yellow square and if you guess the letter correctly in the right position, you get a green square. And then from there you try and deduce what the word of the day is. Well, how how did it become a phenomenon? Was it me and the comms? Like, just start doing I, it? it? It has this share function where you send out your squares, you know, black, yellow, and, and you green. You have to send it out, too. Like, there's no option to I mean, not send it out. You don't have out. to. No, 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 you have to. Well, I you mean, have to. If you want to, partic- if you want to participate in this, if you participate in this cultural silence, phenomenon. No, if you do it in silence, it literally doesn't count. So you have to send it out, actually. Correct. Yeah. And it's also like everyone gets the same word. So everyone has the same experience. And so it's this communal thing that people do every morning and evening. Tony, do you always hate things that are universally loved? No, not at all. Yeah. You don't like Salute out. the word. Salute the word. Give, it a, go. G- give it a go today, Juju. I think you should go on Google right now, punch in Wordle, and give it a go. All right, cool. I'm about to download Wordle. Salute no, to everybody who loves no, Wordle. No, there's, no game. It's there's, a no, there's, game. No down, there's no download. You yeah, just go Roy to, can even do it on his you, Android. <laughs> but his colors were different. Yeah, don't talk shit over there. You didn't even get the word today. So yeah, because I'm that? a dumb dumb. And I I can't even lie. You said I'm not it. good at word games. Better at the crossword. Mm, that's a word, word that's game. That's a word game. You're right. See, I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> Roy, do your uh, goodbye everybody thing. Oh, yeah. Uh... 
Well, that'll do it for another episode. Doing a thing. Doing a thing, man. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.